Hello. Welcome to Cavancast and Happy New Year. 2022, baby. Hell yeah. Let's go. I I am really looking forward to this year. I am. I don't know. I do know why I am, because I'm going to put everything into it. There, I've said it. It's there. It's in the universe. This year is going to be great. And I really, really hope it's great for you as well. I do. I really, really do. I hope whatever festivities you celebrate was good. I hope you had a good time. Mine was all right, weirdly. Um, I I didn't expect it to be, and uh, it kind of was. There were some really nice moments, so uh, I'm just taking them for what they are, and it's really nice. And... um, Whatever, whatever you did, I hope there were some nice moments too. Actually, um, this is me being weirdly honest. I actually uh, cried um, for the first time. It's very honest, weird. I actually cried for the first time in I I don't I don't even know when since I was a kid maybe. Uh, um, a Christmas present I received. I got a, uh, I got a Polaroid camera for Christmas, and um, I'd I'd wanted one for so long, and I I never could justify the purchase. Um, and I I do you know what I totally forgotten about it. It was so strange, and then I opened it up. I opened up this box on Christmas Day. It was so weird. I I opened up the box and it was just staring up at me. I say that like it's a dog. (laughs) Like I got a puppy. No, there was just this 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 case of a this this box of a camera staring up at me and instantly was just overcome with like you know like the kid who got an avocado for Christmas? It was like that. (laughs) Um a Polaroid camera, thanks. And I, I was, I was, I was made up. I, I felt like, um, I felt like a real kid again, and I, I totally forgot I could feel like that. So, um, kind of, always kind of expect the unexpected. If you think a lot of uh, feelings and emotions are, are gone, if you, if you think, if you think you've, uh, you've lost a certain something about you, don't, don't ever be sure that you've lost a. Um, a particular magical feeling, because uh, I'm proof it can come back. So anyway, I started Cavancast in September last year, and I'm just gonna carry on because I'm enjoying it. You're enjoying it. We're here. I'm not gonna force anything new just because it's the new year. I'm I'm having fun. So, we're going to allow new things to come when they do, naturally, maybe a guest or two. Who knows? Who knows? I kind of like the idea of just hanging out in this van with somebody and we're just chatting and it has that really, like, intimate environment. But I might have to stipulate the week we're only allowed to make the episode, like, past midnight or something. So there's that vibe. 
And that's really important. Like if we were to have this kind of conversation in the middle of the day, the whole vibe is different. But if you, if, you know, if you have this conversation late at night, there's a certain peace and calmness in the air and it's, it's really nice. Anyway, for now, we're just going to carry on with the words. And the first word of 2022 is wind. Speaking of guests and co-hosts of the podcast, wind. You just got to be the center of attention, don't you? I feel like I share this podcast with the wind quite a bit. Um, If you're not actually turning up as a co-host, you're there demanding to be talked about aren't you? Wind. Just rude, really, in so many formats. I know you're a force of nature, I know you're an element, and I respect you. Still a pain in my butt. Random word generator. Yeah, sure, sure. How much did you pay that random word generator, huh? Huh? Just conveniently blew some cash its way, did you? Oh, oh, it was an accident, was it? Oh, you're, you're random. Are oh, you pulled the other one, mate. I see you. I see you, right? <laughs> anyway, fine. Seeing as you're here, we'll talk about you. By the way, for anyone joining at the beginning of 2022 and going, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? Here's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to listen to more podcasts. And you've come across mine for whatever reason. Hello, I'm Kevin. Nice to meet you. Thanks for choosing this podcast. How it works is I use a random word generator to generate five random words. And then I just talk about them. And you can feel free to chill, relax, nap, do whatever, do whatever you like. Go for a swim. Well, maybe not. On like a rubber rubber dinghy or something. Or just a delightful walk on a beach with me in your ears. It's not my job to tell you what to do while you listen to this. You do you. I'ma just talk. I'ma just talk. So the first word, as I said, is wind. Blowing itself up into my business. I remember, I remember vividly, actually, when I was a child, experiencing this, this absolute force of nature for the first time. Um, I was in a place called Western Supermare in England, and Western Supermare has this pier type thing. Well, it's not a it's not a pier type thing. It is a pier. This is not. It's by the beach, and <laughs> it's got like a, like fun fair type stuff on it. Uh, anyway, I vividly remember being there on a very, very windy day. And there was this one particular corner that caught the wind in such a specific way that when you turned around that corner, it would literally take you off your feet. For some reason, they didn't have a sign-up and and hadn't closed it off or anything, which actually, mm, that kind of makes me think that maybe... Maybe it wasn't that bad, and maybe I was just five years old, (laughs) and I weighed about as much as a feather. I definitely wasn't over six foot when I was five. Or was I? (sighs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Hello, mother. 
am your child. Give me a lollipop. You know, something like that. I still, I remember, I'm going to choose to vividly remember it in my head as though I was, um, as though it was like the last airbender type, type deal going on there. Um, here's, here's another story about a different type of wind. Uh, I was on a film set once, uh, working on the set and one of the extras was, I'm, I'm not sure, he, he, he was, just, he was a bit odd. We'll just go with Odd. Uh, he randomly stepped out of the crowd that he was a part of and announced to everyone, I'm sorry, everyone, I'm just passing wind. Then let rip like a Beyblade and left the crowd just stunned. I, I don't know. Do you know what? Fair play. Just own it. The fact that he did just own it, maybe he knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, we all wish we could. Everyone would be a lot more comfortable, wouldn't they? Well, would they? Comfortable in one way, nauseous in another. Anyway, so... Okay, so I promise, I promise I am not just using this as an excuse to talk about farts. And this is only, this is only one paragraph... And this is purely educational, I swear. But flatulence is defined in the medical literature as flatus, <laughs> flatus expelled through the anus, or the quality or state of being flatulent, flatulent, which is defined in turn as marked by or affected with gases generated in the intestine or stomach, likely to cause digestive flatulence. <laughs> the root of these words, the root of these words, is from the Latin flatus, a blowing or a breaking wind. Flatus is also, is it flatus or flatus? Flatus, it's got to be flatus. Flatus is also the medical word for gas generated in the stomach or bowels. Despite these standard definitions, a proportion of intestinal gas may be swallowed environmental air. And hence, flatus is not totally generated in the stomach or bowels. So does that mean that you, if you swallow, okay, bear with me, if you swallowed a fart, you could be farting out someone else's fart, and technically that in the, you could, you could fart out technically ten people's farts. Science, science says it, not me. Science is the disgusting one, not me. The scientific study of this area of medicine is termed flatology. Nature's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Oh, it's quite windy today. Nope. Universe just had a curry. That's all it is. Do you know what I've realised? I very ignorantly assumed that the word is wind when it could very well be wind. So what do I think of when I hear wind? A winding road leading round and round many a seemingly unending bend leading you through the night to a destination 
that appears more unreachable with each turn, then, all of a sudden, Vin Diesel appears out of nowhere with the rest of the Fast and Furious crew and is like, we need your help. Is that how Vin Diesel talks? I don't know how Vin Diesel Vin Diesel Vin Diesel I don't know how Vin Diesel talks Um I know he kind of talks like this though We need your help <laughs> Vin Diesel after smoking 60 fags Uh For anyone who doesn't know fags means cigarettes in the UK just just in case I feel like I have to clarify that one Um Anyway, this has gone way off topic. He's like, we need your help to, we need a drift. What was I saying? Vin Diesel comes around to drive cars and what do they normally do? We need to diffuse these bombs underneath a mountain. There's a mountain now. Uh, and you're like, I don't know how. And he's like, you just feel it. Hey, you just feel it. And then you're like, okay, okay, Dom, who's Vin Diesel's character in Fast and Furious. Uh, and then you're like, and then that was the car drifting, and then you diffuse the bomb while drifting, and then you're all laughing in front of a, a sunset, drinking a beer. The rock is also there for some reason. Um, and there you go. That's wind. That's winding road. So, uh, so do you like how I shoehorned a mountain into that story? And by that, I mean exquisitely slid it in there perfectly. That's because the next word is mountain. Or oh, if you're new here, just know I am a professional segwayer. Not like the little segways that you ride. Oh no. A master at blending subjects. Um, though, ironically, only up until recently did I see the word segway and, and not think it was pronounced segu, segu, or anything like that. Definitely not segway, because it's spelled S-E-G-U-E, which would be like segu. So, uh, anyway, that was a weird segue. Mountain. The only mountain I've ever actually climbed uh, is one in Switzerland. And I was really unfit at the time. Probably the most unfit I've, I've ever been, actually. Uh, in the throes of depression, was doing no exercise, barely walking, and... Uh, the opportunity to climb a mountain in Switzerland came up really spontaneously and uh, it all just happened so quickly that for some reason I just didn't say no. Like it seemed so out of the realm of possibility of things to happen to me at that time that I was just like, yeah, okay, let's climb a mountain. And then there I was climbing this mountain <laughs> and... Uh, uh, I was with some really cool people, but with, with one dude who was just bay his way up this mountain. 
Beyblading is my new verb now. Uh, and my muscle memory was still like, oh, I'm fit. I'm, I'm healthy. I can, I can do this easily. Could not do this easily at all. But we completed it. We did it. And the view was amazing. It was stunning. Um, and I learned I was capable. Uh, there's a metaphor in there somewhere, definitely. Um, do not metaphor, a message. Do stuff, even if you think you can't, because you might be able to prove yourself wrong. Yeah, that'll do. Moving on, I feel like I have to retell my butterfly fact uh, because I love it so much and it's like one of my only good facts. This is like, okay, this is only like the second time I've probably told it, but, but I love it. Um, basically, there's this specific species of butterfly that migrates every year and part of their migratory route takes them over... Lake Superior and at a certain point while flying over it they just stop uh, they turn left and just fly around in a big curve and then carry on as normal and people realised that it's because there used to be a mountain there ages ago like yonkers ago and uh it just didn't make sense for the butterflies to fly over it. They just, they just would have screwed themselves up trying to traverse this mountain. And uh, so they went round it. And it turns out all that info got buried in their genetic memory somewhere. So now these butterflies just, just don't feel the vibe at that point. And they're all like, go around? Yeah, go around. Let's go around. Cool. Sick. Guys, we're going around. And um, so that that's opened up loads of conversation into the capabilities of genetic memory. And there's a Marvel movie in there somewhere. Definitely. Just talking about it, I'm like, yeah, Marvel could do something with that. If any Marvel people are listening to this podcast, because, sure, that's likely, um then take that idea, shoot with it, butter, butter man, no, not the title, just take the idea, you, you guys do the title, I'll just do the idea, butter man. <laughs> I spread my wings and toast. You, do you know what, you have the, you do the slogan as well, you've got people for that, I'm just going to stick with the story. So a mountain is, is an elevated portion of the Earth's crust, generally with steep sides that show significant exposed bedrock. A mountain differs from a plateau in having a limited summit area and is larger than a hill, typically rising at least 300 metres, or a thousand feet, above the surrounding land. A few mountains are isolated summits, but most occur in mountain ranges. 
Mountains are formed through tectonic forces, erosion, or volcanism. Volcanism? Volcanoes, which act on timescales of up to tens of millions of years. Almost as old as your mama. Uh, once mountain building ceases, once mountain building ceases, mountains are slowly leveled through the action of weathering, through slumping, and other forms of mass wasting, as well as through erosion by rivers and glaciers. The highest mountain on Earth is Mount Everest in the Himalayas of Asia, whose summit is 8,850 meters or 29,035 feet above mean sea level. The highest known mountain on any planet in the solar system is Olympus Mons on Mars at 21,171 meters or 69,459 feet. Yeah, I could probably climb that, to be fair. I reckon I could give it a good go. There is no universally accepted definition. That's really high. Wow. Let's. I'm just going to go back to that for a second. That's incredibly high. Exceptionally high. Honestly. Wow. I'm just, I'm just imagining. Just no words. Just imagine. Asian. God damn. Moving on. Uh, there is no universally accepted definition of a mountain. Elevation, volume, relief, steepness, spacing, and continuity have been used as criteria for defining a mountain. In the Oxford English Dictionary, a mountain is defined as a natural elevation of the Earth's surface, Earth's surface rising more or less abruptly from the surrounding level and attaining an altitude which, relatively to the adjacent elevation, is impressive or notable. So it's, it's subjective then. Wow, look at that impressive mountain. Oh, I don't think it's that impressive, to be honest. It's more like a, it's more like a semi-notable hill. Well, I think it's a mountain. Well, you would. <laughs> I don't know who those two are, but there's clearly some history between them, and this podcast isn't the place for it, okay? Treaty is the next word. Uh, treaty. Treaty's a weird one. Treaty, okay. Here's the explanation, and then I'll tell you what I think of it. A treaty, a binding formal agreement, contract, or other written instrument that establishes obligations between two or more subjects of international law, primarily states and international organizations. The rules concerning treaties between states are contained in the Vienna Convention on the law of treaties. I'm just going to bring it down for a second because I feel like this is this is information. This is information, but you know what I mean? It's like I'm going to I'm going to sit in this information. I don't know what my mind is doing. Happy New Year. 
and those between states and and those between states and international organizations appear in the Vienna Convention on the Law of Treaties between states and international organizations or between international organizations. Wow, okay. That's a very long title. Just call it the Vienna Convention too, honestly. Uh, the term treaty is used generically to describe a variety of instruments, including conventions, agreements, arrangements, protocols, covenants, charters, and acts. In the strict sense of the term, however, many such instruments are not treaties. The key distinguishing feature of a treaty is that it is binding. For example, whereas the United Nations Charter of 1945 created a binding agreement and is thus, is thus a treaty, the Charter of Paris in 1990, which established the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, is not a binding document as such, and thus is not officially a treaty. Cool. Treaties are expected to be executed in good faith, in keeping with the principle of the Pacta Sunt Servanda, in Latin meaning agreements must be kept. Cool. Learning, arguably the oldest principle of international law. Without this principle, which is explicitly mentioned in many agreements, treaties would be neither binding nor enforceable. Okay, that's all well and good. But when I first heard the word treaty, all I could think of was a lovely grandma, a lovely sweet old grandma, asking her grandkids if they want a little extra snack to go home with. Would you like a little treaty? I don't think you could get more opposite to the actual de definition. But I strongly, strongly defend the stance that my definition is more fitting. My definition of treaty is more fitting than a binding agreement. No. Would you like a treaty, dear? That's, that's what it should be. And... I stand by it. I have spoken. Speaking of grandmas spoiling their grandkids with treaties, uh, spoil is the next word. The spoils of war. I don't know why that was the first thing that came into my head. Watch too many movies, I guess. Um, there's also a bit in, in Nightmare Before Christmas in one of the songs where Jack Skellington, the protagonist of the film, uh, is like, Oh, everything has gone all wrong. Uh. And he's like, um, one of the lyrics, he goes, Spoiled all, spoiled all. And he's all like lamenty about it. Um, it's a really good word. It's a really good word. By the way, this is this is kind of what I do. I just, f for those of you who have listened before, you kind of know, but for anyone new, I just sort of say the word and see what it triggers up in my mind. And sometimes it's 
specific. Sometimes it's incredibly vague. Um, I try not to force things and I try not to over overanalyze and overthink. Um, because why not? What I say isn't important. It's the fact that we're here and we're chilling and it's just is what it is. I'm not trying to change your life. Just trying to help you relax a little bit. Okay? Okay. I mean, I didn't really have to explain that. You probably got that idea already, but um, it's fun. Um, just trying to make my mind a better place, I guess. Uh, spoiled. Spoiled, spoiled, spoiled. It's like it's like going off, right? Like when things go like past their sell by date, they've spoiled. When food and drink goes bad. What did the drag cheese, the drag cheese, say to the drag milk when she went stale? Go off, sis. Get it? Cause that's um. Go off, sis. But go off as in spoil and go stale. Do you know what? That was off the top of my head. And do you know, it can do with some refining. But hey, you get what you're given. I'm still happy with it. It is interesting that I'm going to move swiftly past that because, wow. Um, that it's interesting that if something spoils, like the verb, it's gone off, like it's going off, it's gone stale. But spoils of war are like good things, right? So where does this lie? Let's have some history. Google. Uh, okay. Okay. So technically, they're all actually bad things. So spoils of war or just spoils in general, like the noun, um, are things that are stolen or forcibly taken. When something has spoiled, it means it has gone stale. And if you spoil someone, like you spoil a child, it means to harm the character of someone, especially a child, by being too lenient or indulgent. That makes a lot of sense. It's actually a really good word. Really good word. Like it has multiple meanings, but the word itself and how it sounds fits all of those things so well. Right? Is it not just it's not just me that thinks that? Am I am I am I just going crazy? Am I just saying the word spoil too much so I think it sounds weird but good? I guess again I guess it could be used in a positive context as well like stop it you're spoiling me but i guess it comes from like a neggy place neggy neggy negative honestly like enough of this enough of this slang lark made us bare lazy still okay enough of that um let's move on to the last word and well the last subject as it is a new year, and in the festive episode just gone, hope you liked it by the way, um, I wanted, uh, in, in, in that episode I talked about Christmas and festive traditions from around the world, I uh, wanted to do the same with New Year, 
and talk about how some different countries celebrate uh, the bringing in of a new year. If you're down with that, um, you have no choice. It's my podcast. There you go. <laughs> Let me just get some water. I'm a bit dry. I also finally got myself some new... I am back. I also finally got myself some new headphones. And they're so comfortable. Oh, I haven't had new headphones in a long time. And my other ones were literally falling apart. Uh, and then, then they decided to break. So... Here I am with new headphones. Ah. So, celebrations of New Year around the world. New Year's Eve is celebrated in Chile by the... Oh, I'm, I'm just picking out some random countries, by the way. I'm not going to go through every country in the world. We'd be here forever. Uh, new Year's Eve is celebrated in Chile by the observation of traditional rituals such as wearing yellow underwear and yellow clothing. It is said to restore vitality to one's life. Chileans who want to walk, Chileans who want to travel, walk the streets with a suitcase in hand. Others hold money in their hand and place coins at their door for good fortune in the new year. Bro, Chileans be manifesting. That's really, really cool. Um, celebrations include a family dinner with special dishes, usually lentils for good luck, and 12 grapes to symbolize wishes for each month in the coming year. Since 2000, the sale of fireworks to individuals has been illegal, meaning fireworks can only be observed at fireworks displays during major events. I'm kind of not against that, to be honest. This is just me. But, you know, I'm just for the... Anything that stops wildlife crapping their pants, I'm kind of good with, good with, and domestic pets and all that. In Argentina, just before midnight, Argentines flock to the streets to enjoy fireworks and light firecrackers... The fireworks can be seen in any terrace. The first day of the new year is celebrated at midnight with cider or champagne. Argentines, 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 Argentines wish each other a happy new year and sometimes share a toast with neighbours. Parties often continue until dawn. Citizens in La Plata, La Plata, have a long tradition making giant dolls, mostly are made of paper and wood with some fireworks on it, to later on, after the midnight, burn them down. Burn them down. Burn them all down. Uh, the celebration is during the summer. Like in many South American countries, uh, so many families in the new year are seen at tourist centers of the Argentine Atlantic coast. A New Year's Tradive... Tradive. A New Year's Eve tradition. Tradive. A New Year's Tradive. Oh, wow. A New Year's Eve... I, I, I take one week off and... Well, I say my readings got worse... Was it ever good? Um, a New Year's Eve tradition in Ecuador is for men to dress haphazardly in drag. 
so really bad drag uh, for New Year's Eve, representing the widow of the year that has passed. The widows then go to the streets and stop each car that passes to parody some form of sexy dancing. Large crowds gather around to watch and laugh at the entertainment, and the drivers are forced to give the widows some coin to obtain passage through the street. Providing this doesn't have any, like, really, really dodgy negative history, this sounds hilarious. Uh, Mexicans celebrate New Year's Eve by eating a grape with, I like this grape thing, by eating a grape with each of the 12 chimes of a clock's bell during the midnight countdown whilst making a wish with each one. Mexican families decorate homes and parties in colours that represent wishes for the upcoming year. Red encourages an overall improvement of lifestyle and love. Yellow encourages blessings of improved employment conditions. Green for improved financial circumstances. And white for improved health. Mexican sweet bread is baked with a coin or charm hidden in the dough. Uh, when the bread is served, the recipient of the slice with the coin or charm is said to be blessed with good luck in the new year. Another tradition is to make a list of all the bad or unhappy events over the past 12 months. Before midnight, this list is thrown into a fire, symbolizing the removal of negative energy from the new year. Cool. I like this. At the same time, they are expressed for all the good things during the year that is ending so that they will continue in the new year. In the US, the most prominent celebration in the country is the ball drop held at New York City's Times Square, which was inspired by the time balls that were formerly used as a time signal. At 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, a 5,400-kilogram, 3.7-meter diameter, 12-foot ball is lowered down a 21-meter-high pole on the roof of Number 1 Times Square. Reaching the roof of the building 60 seconds later, the event has been held since 1907 and has seen an average attendance of 1 million spectators yearly. Since 2009, the ball itself, which is adorned with the Waterford, with Waterford crystal panels and an LED lighting system, has been displayed atop the building year-round. The spectacle has inspired similar events outside of New York City, where a ball or other item is lowered or raised in an identical manner. The items used for these events often represent local culture or history. Atlanta's peach drop reflects Georgia's identity as the peach state. I really, I really want to do New Year's in New York at some point. God, that would be so awesome. In India, as a land of diverse cultures and practices, apart from the Gregorian New Year, there are Parsi New Year, Hindu New Year, which might differ, which might differ from region to region, Muslim New Year, etc. Celebrations for culture-specific New Years uh, are different from the celebrations of the Gregorian New Year, which is like the 31st of December to the 1st of January one. Gregorian New Year celebration is mostly by way of parties, late night and uh, working holiday followed by it. 
Most celebrations for the 31st of December take place in the major metropolitan cities. Uh, Delhi, Mumbai, Kolkata, Bangalore, etc. New Year is also celebrated in other cities and towns around the country. I mean, yeah, so I'm I'm looking at a lot of these uh, other countries on here and the general theme is to go out and get monumentally trashed and do fireworks and sing-alongs. Typical celebration stuff. Um, that's all well and good. But I... I want to leave you with the message that I think it's I think it's important to celebrate the new year however you want to which maybe not at all um which is totally fair every day is a new day and and all that and um I I suppose it's kind of a moot point now because we've done it it's done we're in 2022 now but um for anything like that in in the future that's that's what i mean um take the pressure off and just bring in a new year however you want to and whatever feels right in you i'll leave you with that do with that information and that advice what you will uh do tweet me actually tweet me if you've got any cool resolutions or anything like that at Gavin Kingston and all the other socials are the same all Gavin Kingston thank you so much as well to everyone that is supporting me over on my Patreon uh, if you want a bonus episode every week you can find that there on patreon.com forward slash Gavin Kingston um, and with that I hope you feel a little bit more chill going into the new year and I will speak to you soon cool take care